The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, Take care not to perform righteous deeds in order that people may see them. Otherwise, you will have no recompense from your heavenly Father. When you give alms, do not blow a trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, to win the praise of others. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give alms, do not, left your, do not let your left hand know what your right is doing, so that your almsgiving may be secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites who love to stand and pray in the synagogue and on street corners, so that others may see them. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go to your inner room, close the door, and pray to your Father in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will repay you. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, they neglect their appearance so that they may appear to others to be fasting. Amen, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that you may not appear to be fasting except to your Father who is hidden and your Father who sees what is hidden will repay you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. There are two mothers walking with their families in downtown Naperville. True story. A Peter and Paul mom, her children. A St. Joan of Arc mom, her children. And as they're walking down, you know, the, the Carillon down there, or maybe it was the church, I can't remember which, started to chime that opening chant that we heard, that we sing all during Lent. Parche Domine. Do, 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 do. So the bells were playing that. And the Joan of Arc children started to sing the words. Parche Domine. And the Peter and Paul mom said, to St. Joan of Arc kids know Latin? <laughs> she said, of course, they know Greek too. <laughs> but it's a very haunting, beautiful melody. It's ancient. And it's one of those that goes re right deep into to a spiritual psyche in us with those as they say, a somber, 
very haunting tunes. Because Lent invites us into that kind of a mood. In that opening prayer that was offered, it got very poignant about the focus of Lent. And I don't know if you bristled a little at some of the language I did, given what we are seeing happening right now in Ukraine with the war raging even as we speak. But the language in that prayer was about a campaign, taking up battle, arms, weapons. And it just is very unsettling to hear those words spoken, I think, in this kind of a context. But when you think about it, it really shouldn't be. Because we all know within us there are little wars. You know, we're always struggling with decisions to make and choices to make and directions to go. And it can be a warfare because we're pulled. You know, we do the things that we know we shouldn't do, St. Paul says, and we don't do the things that we know we should do. So there is always a battle going on within us, a spiritual battle. But Lent invites us to acknowledge the battle, to recognize that we're all in this together. We all have these struggles. We're all wrestling with demons of one sort or another. And it gives us three weapons to use in that cause. The first was, as we heard, giving alms, a way of sharing our, our blessings with other people, whether that's financial or the blessings of our time or our talent. We give to others. That's a weapon that helps us combat the selfishness that makes us choose the wrong things. Fasting. Fasting is another way to, to empty ourselves out and to think of other people who don't have the amount of food and blessings that we do. Fasting actually was something that was imposed on cultures and societies and villages even before Christianity because before food could be refrigerated and stored like we can now, you know, the fall of the year was when they slaughtered the animals and they put the grain in the bins for the winter. But by around this time, spring, the rations were few. So in order to make sure everybody got something to eat, they had to impose fasts. It was a way of bringing everybody into a situation of solidarity because if one family or group of people ate more than their share, another group would starve. So fasting was a way to equalize, to bring everybody into an awareness of want and need and sharing. And lastly, the weapon of prayer. We pray all the time, or we should, and there's various ways we can pray. We think sometimes prayer is what's happening in our heads, our thoughts, or what we're saying with our words from our mouths. Prayer can simply be sitting in silence and letting God talk. Having that open heart 
and an eagerness to hear what God wants to say instead of always putting out our agendas. You know, in our monastery every year, just before Lent, we have to submit to the abbot a list of the things we're going to do for those 40 days. And he always wants to see, you know, what our prayer time is and what kind of penance we want to undertake and what we're going to read. And I found two books that I'm very eager to be reading during this Lent. I already started the one. And I offer them for your consideration because one is on prayer. It's called Learning to Pray, A Guide for Everyone by the Jesuit Father James Martin. People have heard of him, perhaps. He's, he's a very uh, popular writer. This is a New York Times bestseller. And it's written from his personal perspective, but also looking at different ways historically that Christians have prayed. It seems very readable. And he's saying that this is not just for beginners, but for people who have been in the spiritual practice of praying for most of their lives. Because there's always something we can learn, some ways we can improve. So it was just, just published, and the reviews just seem to be excellent by very well-known spiritual authors. So Learning to Pray by James Martin. The other one is called By Lamplight. And this is by Genevieve Glenn, who is a cloistered Benedictine nun. You can't just be reading Jesuit stuff, you know. <laughs> Genevieve is, is a marvelous writer. She's, she's poetic. She's very liturgical. And in this book, she goes through the seasons of the church year and various feast dates. And she writes from a perspective of a, of a cloistered nun, but not in a fluffy pietistic kind of way. She gets very earthy in some places. It's very grounded spirituality, I think. And they're very easy, readable, you know, one or two pages. You can read at a time, put it down. But just goes through all the church seasons and feasts and various prayers. So it would be a beautiful book to meditate on or to use as a resource for our prayers. So I offer those to you for your consideration. Um, make a decision soon, today, what you want to do for Lent. I think what we do as monks, by writing this out and meeting with the abbot, is very helpful. Because if we don't tell somebody else, we might not do it. You know, it's very easy to kind of play sleight of hand. And when you tell somebody else, though, there's a, uh, an accountability. So tell your spouse, a friend, a neighbor, spiritual director, this is what I want to do for Lent. And see if they offer any suggestions or insights, and maybe they'll read those with you. And you can go through these 40 days with a Lenten companion, and then come out on the other side at Easter filled with joy. Let us stand.